Jones on the keep. And Daniel Jones showing his legs, showing his speed, and Jones into the end zone for the touchdown. 34 yards for Daniel Jones, and the Giants strike first. Well, the Eagles are used to seeing this because Daniel Jones went for 80 in game one. On the same type of play, this is a zone read. Daniel Jones is going to read the defensive end. He sees the defensive end collapse. That's his tell to run the football, keep it, and go. Now, when he ran that... Fourth and one. Here's Goldman going up top and in for the touchdown. A good inside runner, but he's got a little bit of hop as well as he soars for six. Boston Scott on first down. There's a crease, and Boston Scott with some speed. Down the sideline, trying to outrace Logan Ryan. He'll step through the tackle, and he will score. 56 yards from Boston Scott, and the Eagles strike quickly in the third. When you have a center that can pull, that's such a luxury for you because it can create angles, and Kelsey's going to get the key block kicking out the corner. Then Boston Scott sees that little seam, sneaks through there. Body. Little tempo now for the Giants. Play action for Jones on first. <laughs> and looking down the opposite sideline, there's Golden Tate goes up and high points it at the 10. What a response by yeah. the Giants. And it's just the same thing, right? To be able to flip the hips and high point the football and go to Tate is always a tough guy and will make the contested catches nine out of ten times. But the ball's been perfectly played. And Ward in motion. First red zone trip today for the Eagles. It's Corey Clement, a little hop towards the goal line, and he's in for the touchdown. His first rushing touchdown of the season. And the Eagles answer right back. Watch Matt Pryor on this. He's going to pull, and he's not going to, he's going to run to the goal line with nobody to block. So you think you got him outnumbered here when you see big 69 pull, and he doesn't get to the three-yard line before there's somebody in his way, and Logan Ryan is not going to take him up high. He's going to try to create a pile, but Clement up and And welcome to the post-game show all about the Birds post-game. Uh, it is not what we thought, what we thought when we did the pregame show. 3-5-1, and one, losing to the Giants. The first time losing to the Giants since 2016. I, I have no words for this. This performance was just despicable. It was, it was unbelievable. I know, Jeff, you're going to have a lot of opinions. So will you, Phil. But watching this game, just it, it, it pissed me off so much. Every single facet of the game. Well, this team really needs to hang their head, heads low. I would say this was a game, I would say, coming off the bye week. I know I would say Doug Peterson's 1-3 coming off the bye week. We had two weeks to prepare. You're getting healthy. Yeah, the Giants been playing well, but this ain't a juggernaut of a football team. We have worse things to worry about after this football game. I would say offensively, it started off the gate defensively, giving up the touchdown uh, for the Giants with ease, going down the football field, putting the offense uh, behind early already and, and the play calling execution and the fact that we were 0 for what 10 0 for 11 on third down 
you, you don't see crap like that. And you don't see stuff like that from a good football team. And I'll say, this was supposed to be not Cupcake, but these were games that this team was supposed to win. And after losing this football game... I'm not too high on this. I'm not too high on this team. I know Phil, you wrote. I know you wrote for AT Birds earlier this week, saying, "Hey, the NFC or the no, NFC." I'm done. The power of positivity is gone. 100. We just lost to the New York Football Giants, 27 to 17. Okay, this is not what you expect from a team coming off the bye week against one of the worst teams in football. I'm at the point you cannot. I know there's a lot of people that bash me for my Wentz love and my Wentz support. But you cannot put this game on Wentz. No. This game on coaching, the GM, the assistant coaches, the play calling, everybody. Right now, I know it's an over. It's not overreaction Monday, but I'm going to have my overreaction Monday comment right now. The entire front office and coaching staff is gone, in my opinion. I can't take any of them. Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl leash is done for me. Jim Schwartz, he was gone in my book months ago. He's awful. He needs to go. Howie Roseman has put, I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, we got rid of Ronald Darby and Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. Well, Vontae Maddox and, you know, Nicole Roby Coleman stink. You know, this team is just flushed with issues. The whole entire coaching and front office, they're dead to me. They're done. I want nothing to do with any of them. I am so fed up because you had a full two weeks to prepare for this game, and they actually came out as flat as humanly possible in this game. And I don't know what else to say other than we can get into all the finer points of it, but how anybody can support or put one piece of you know positive vibe towards a single coach or front office personnel on this team is beyond me. The other thing is the undisciplined, all the stupid penalties. That's just what I said. All that I just said. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You, they're, they're, yeah. you can't just say, well, the other thing, that is the thing. That is the yeah. coaching staff. The lack of discipline is because of the coaching staff. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, it's on right them. I'm done on them. It's 100% on that. It makes absolutely no sense how Miles Sanders, early in the game, you're running the ball, you're running the ball so well, and then especially on that one towards the end of the game that they put Jalen Hurts in on second down. I know you you said something about it, Phil. It's just ridiculous. You put him in, and it, it, I just I don't know what to say. They don't do anything right. It just That's what it comes down to. They do nothing right. It's just a whole bunch of uh, – we, 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 we got, we got a Giants fan, you know, t- you know, tri- tripping or chiming in here. Twitch uh, elevate. They're not a bad team. They don't play like a two seven. You are what your record says. So the Eagles are three five and one. They are what their record says. They're a three win team. Yeah. The Giants are now three and seven. They are a bad team too. So when you get two bad teams playing, somebody's going to have to win eventually. No, that's one hundred percent right. But I'll say, yeah. and you just, look, you just look, I'll say, diving into what went wrong in this game, I'll say in two games this year, they made Daniel Jones look like a superstar out there. I would say the first game he had, like I think, like 80 yards rushing. This game he had 64 yards in that touchdown. 21 to 28, 244 yards uh, for a QB rating of 100.9. I would say he, he didn't, I was, he didn't score, uh, throw any touchdowns, but he, he was efficient enough. He was able to move the ball for the Giants. He was able to pick up first down after first down, I believe. And, um, and his wide receivers caught when he would throw a ball up there, you know, Darius Slayton, you know, Golden Tate, everybody went up and caught the ball. Whereas Carson Wentz is throwing these balls up and guys aren't making the plays necessary. There's a big difference there. Yeah. And I, I'll say, I, I don't know. Uh, there, there were a few throws on Carson. I will say he threw a little bit too high, yeah. but, but you're, 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 you're going to have again, that. You know, Carson's throwing poorly because of the offensive line. Yeah. What's the excuse for the defense? 
you know, letting Donald, yeah, or Don, whatever his name, Jones, Donnie Dimes, you know, throw darts all over the place. You know, that defense, you cannot let a quarterback like Don, Danny, Dan Jones play the way he did. Sorry, I can't even remember his name because I'm so pissed off right now. I can't get his first name out right. Dude, that defense was one of the – I know we've had a lot of bad performances from Jim Schwartz defenses over the year. In my opinion, I know we only gave up 27 points. That had to be, in my opinion, the worst defensive performance in the Eagles, you know, four years, five years with Jim Schwartz. I mean, it was pathetic. You do not let a team like that. And Dan, Dan, Donald Jones, I can't remember his name Daniel, right now. Baby. Whatever his name is, Jones, you can't let him, after what he did a couple weeks ago, run the way he did. And he would have had another touchdown if it wasn't called back on the penalty. Well, that's that's the one thing that this defense has continued to struggle with. And, and once again, it's on Jim Schwartz and his defensive coaching staff not game planning or finding a way in game to adjust and control the, the mobile quarterback. I'll say Dan, Daniel Jones ain't Lamar Jackson. He's not a guy that's going to break free. But when he's on the run, they, they, they lost containment quite a bit on him. And it's just something with this defense. They don't have the awareness uh, to pick up on these uh, misdirections. And, the, and these cute little plays that opposing teams are coming up with. You see it week in and week out. You would think Jim Schwartz watching game tape would see some of the stuff that your defense is lacking and falling for, and he continues not to adjust. And I say, like you said, Phil, it's, it's on the defense, but overall, this game was a complete team loss. Offensively, you, you can't, you're not going to win football games, what, scoring three points in the first half or however many it was? Yeah, three points in the not, first half. Not good. Yeah, especially yeah. against an inferior team like the Giants. Who I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit who our Giants fan that's on here. The Giants have been playing well over, of late the last couple weeks, but like you said, their record are who they are. And coming to this game, they were a two two and seven football game, uh, team. If this was any other division in football, they wouldn't be talking talk about sniffing the playoffs. Now after this win, they're right back in the thick of the playoffs uh, in the NFC East race. Because I would say honestly, over the next five weeks, which we'll dive in over the next few weeks. The, Eagles have a brutal schedule like we keep on bringing up. And I, granted, I understand the rest of the NFC East. Do you really think they're going to win five of their last eight games or for the Giants now four of their last seven or whatever it's going to be possibly to win the division? I don't think so. I don't know their schedules offhand. But I know from our schedule, we're not winning a lot of these football games. Next week, I'm not even saying the we're probably going to be an underdog next week against the Cleveland Browns. We are going to be. I mean, they're, they have a winning oh, yeah, record. There's no doubt. I mean, well, they're banged up. So I, I would say with them uh, being as banged up as they were, I would say it could have been a, a low a low uh, underdog. But, hell, we might be even like a five or a six-point underdog at this point, the way we're freaking playing. Like we said, we just lost to the New York Giants, a team that has lost eight straight to us uh, over this span. I understand those, those stats are meaningless, but... Come on, man. Your season's on the line. You come off the bye week. You have two weeks to prepare for this crap. And you put up a freaking egg like that? I well, you're, you're not a good football team. In here. I'm having trouble keeping up with putting them all on the screen. Everybody is so pissed off and fired up right now. Well, the other thing is what, what I said for a couple of weeks, you know, watching these games, I'm like, after, after you have a bad performance or no one's being held accountable. Not one person. That comes from the top all the way well, down if, to the if, bottom. If nobody's going to hold Howie Roseman accountable, if no one's going to hold exactly. Jim or Doug Peterson accountable, why would the players be held accountable? If you're not going to hold they, the coaching staff yeah. accountable or your GM accountable, you know. So where I say everybody's got to go, it doesn't just have to start with Howie Roseman. It starts with Jeffrey Lurie holding everybody below them accountable. They all need to go. In my and honestly, I really wish this game 
I wish next week was the bye because after this game, if next week was a bye, there would have been several firings, several changes to things going on. But because we have another game, a quick turnaround, you know, seven days, it probably won't happen. But I mean, you can't defend these guys. You just can't. You cannot come off a bye and play that poorly. What What was the final number? O for nine on third down. O for ten. O for nine. O for ten. O for nine. Whatever. Sorry, o for nine. Whatever. You're right. You're right. You o for ten. Win a football game, going O for on third down. And you know, some of it, like, penalties. Perform, it, 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 it's there's no excuse for that at all. Yeah, and we, and we wanted a nice easy win. I don't think we're ever. Yeah, I wanted an easy win. win. I assumed there was going to be an easy win. Maybe that's Homer in me, but you know, you know, the team is not as bad as it's. There is some talent, not a lot, and that comes on Howie. But there is some talent on this team. Yeah, and I know everyone's going to hate me for saying this. Carson Wentz is a talented quarterback. But when you have a bad coaching staff and a bad team around him, you're wasting the prime of a borderline really good quarterback. I won't use the other word. Borderline <laughs> really good quarterback by having an awful coaching staff and an awful team around him. You've got the best running back in the league, averaging 6.1 yards per carry in Miles Sanders. He's 100% healthy. You ran him 18 times today. Why? You know, he had seven rushes in the first half. He is the best runner yards per carry. You got third and ones, fourth and ones, third and twos, and you're doing trickery plays instead of giving it to your top tier running back. It just it starts well, with the top. It's well, a domino well, effect rolling down. Well, that and the, the the design play calling on that what third and one they decide to throw for it instead of running with Miles Sanders, who like you said was averaging five point seven yards a carry. Hell, even Boston Scott minus his fifty six yard run was still averaging roughly four yards a carry. Are you talking in the first half that play? I can't remember which play it was. I just remember the play in the first half. I talked about it on the halftime show. I'm trying to turn back to the first half notes here, where it was third and three, third and one. Yeah. And, and it was actually on Carson, actually, that play. I mean, it was a bad play call. It should have been a run. Should. But it was a play, it was a pass to Reger, and he double-pumped the ball. Yeah. And he should have released it on the initial the initial read, and he had the first down. But then he double-pumped and gave the Giants defender a chance to recover. But Carson shouldn't have been put in that position to make that mistake because you should be running. If you're in a, a two-down you know, play, third down and fourth down to get that first down, and you've got two yards to get, you just hand the ball off to Miles Sanders twice. It's plain as that. Even Corey Clement got a touchdown. So, obviously, the Giants' run defense is not good. No, they Why are you not running the ball 35, 40 times today? They gave up 156 yards on the ground, so that just shows how bad their de their defense was on 23 you, rushes. You, exactly. You, you should have been handing the ball off to everybody nonstop. And this is a game that you should have 200 and 250 yards rushing. But, the other again, question play is, calling. You know, when, when the game started, I was very surprised to see Opeta in there at left guard instead of Herbig. And then Matt Pryor, like Matt Pryor and Opeta, you could see, especially when Carson was throwing the ball, Matt Pryor seemed to get all out of sorts when Giants brought any type of blitzes. And Opeta had that one where he stepped on Carson Wentz. I think it was a, a third and one that wind up being a fourth and five then. But it, it's just like, it, there's, you're, I don't know. I'm just, no words sometimes because I'm just so pissed. Well, oh, you say that. Watching so this we, hired, we signed Jason Peters to be a guard. We took Jordan Mailata, who was actually performing at left tackle well, out of the lineup to put him there, okay, to put Jason Peters at left tackle, okay? Why not if Opeta and your, your guards are playing so pitifully today and the entire inside, Jason Kelsey is on my shit list too yeah, today. Jason Kelsey <laughs> you know, too. Awful, but you could have moved Peters back to guard, 
improve the guard play a little bit and put Jordan Mailata at left tackle. And I'll give Jordan or Jason Peters credit. He stayed in there the whole game. I did not see him come out of the game once. He did not. Same thing with Rain Johnson. They actually played the entire game, which is great and all. But you got a guy in Jordan Mailata that's coming into his own and is performing well instead of making a shuffle or an adjustment to solve one of the biggest issues happening in the first half. You just keep throwing a payda out there who's getting crushed. And I might not make – I'm not making an excuse for Jason Kelsey, but when you've got two awful guards on your left and right side, you're going to get low snaps because he's trying to get the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible so he can figure out which one of Bozo 1 or Bozo 2 to make up, you know, for their mistakes with. So, you know, what happens to, you know, bringing in an extra lineman or an extra tight end to help block? None of that happens. So, again – it's all on the coaching staff making adjustments. I say to answer Scotty's question, he asked should Doug kick the field goal the second the last drive instead of going for it fourth down. No. I'll say they were mentioning the wind conditions out there and with Jake Elliott being as shaky as he is, unfortunately, Scotty, I I felt Doug made the right decision there. I'll say yeah, with it, those it, it, wind it conditions. On the few. I mean, I won't I won't agree with all his go for two point conversions. No, those were pointless. Attempts. Both I mean, I know they made one of them. Yeah. But they were terrible decisions. Whoever his analytic guy is. I, I I understand, obviously, somewhat why, because if they would have made that second one, it would have made it an eight-point game instead of a nine-point game, so it's still a one-score possession. Whether they don't get for it, it's still a two-possession game or something. I somewhat get it, but just kick the... He, I would say, like, Scotty and I think, or Chip said during uh, on, on our Twitter account, I was like, he must, have, he must not have any confidence in Jake Elliott whatsoever. He didn't kick really an extra point Jake, in those conditions. The analytics don't say go for it every single play. No. It, 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 no, it just doesn't. It doesn't. But well, like I was looking, you know, do they do they and, expand the play calling when Jalen Hurts is off the field? When you're down no. in the game, you don't ran, run random Jalen Hurts plays. I was all for giving him a bigger package, but because the coaching staff cannot call the right plays, you just need to keep him on the bench. As Derek Gunn said, let him sit there and learn this year. I don't know what you guys think. That I agree with what Derek Gunn said 100. I agree with D Gunn, and I'll say it's it's yeah. it's becoming too predictable when it's Jalen Hurts in there. It's it's either a running back dive or Hurts is running with it. There is no misdirection or trickery when it comes to Jalen Hurts out there for him to actually throw the football. I think he's maybe attempted one pass the entire season in the limited amount of play tw- twice. I'm sorry, he's got two passes for 18 yards passing. Yeah, yeah which. I was saying, he said it late in the game. That's the only why I'm not that good with the stats. They just said it, so I, I remember that one. That I'll say it just kills the momentum. I'll say that one drive. I'll say they were somewhat driving. They bring him in on second down. He fumbles the play or whatever the hell happened there. And I'll say they ended up for no gain. Makes it another third and long, and they end up freaking punting. So I'll say you do that kind of stuff when you're leading the football game or. I, I and I and I know in weeks past, uh, Doug has put Hurts in there to try to spark the offense, but they don't have to keep Wentz on the field. Yeah, Drew Brees comes off the field, and I'm not comparing Hurts to uh, Tyson Hill because they're different players. Hurts actually has potential to be a quarterback in the NFL. Hill does not, in my opinion. You don't need to have Wentz taking up one of the eleven spots. You could bring in another blocker, another wide receiver threat, another running back. Yeah, so. Because Doug's doing nothing out of the ordinary to really trick or opposing defenses. Defenses know what he is planning on doing. Every once in a while, they do that little back and forth, like uh, laterals and all that, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Every team, every team runs some form of misdirection, whether it's, you know, know, wide receivers coming back and forth, shovel passes, all kind. It's what the Rams beat us with misdirection. They didn't actually run anything but a very basic offense. But the misdirection confuses defenses, and 
There's no misdirection run whatsoever on any play ever this whole season. Well, you know, the, the, the other the other problem uh, looks like Jeff's daughter must be on the, the keyboard. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's typing that. <laughs> or or no, she's just... typing up some code to shut us off the internet or something like that that I don't know. Probably. That's okay. But no, just I, I don't understand any I don't understand any of it. What they're doing makes absolutely no sense. And even look look at the last three years, the, the first nine games of the season. Oh, 2008, they were four and five. 2019, five and four. They wind up being five and seven. They're going that run. And 2020, three, five and one. So it's 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 not just one year. It's it's happened the last three years. They're just not playing to the. They're playing under what, what all the expectations are. They're just basically maybe they maybe they're just too high. Maybe they're just not that good of a team. They aren't that's that good just, of a team. Not, that, that, that's exactly it. That's exactly so it. So Brad, 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 Brad brings up here frustrating defense let us down. I've got two names circled and written down as my biggest disappointments on the defense today. Uh, McLeod yeah. and uh, Alex Singleton. Who were your most – Singleton missed a bunch of tackles in the run game. McLeod is not good enough to be a number one safety on a team. He was great next to Malcolm Jenkins. So I don't know if you guys agree is those the biggest disappointments or do you have somebody else that stood out as a disappointment today? Because there's one a couple thing, others, but they're my one, biggest. One thing that stood out for me, on the second Gallman touchdown run, I don't know if you guys saw it, did you see the center absolutely pile drive uh, Javon Hargrave? He literally pushed him halfway into the end zone. It's just, you know, you give this guy 39, what, $39 million? He's what not has playing he well. done? What no. has he done? Exactly. I don't know if he's that in was... the stat box tonight. I don't know if he got a tackle or not, but he does have three games with zero stats. So I don't know if he made it tonight or not, but I think yeah. he had, I think they gave him like half a sack or half a tackle right. for a loss with so him, with, with, score today, so. with, with him and Fletcher Cox. So uh, on, that, on that one play, uh, on that one sack or play, I think. Let me check. Uh, Hargrave. Yeah. There's another play. Three tackles, three. half a sack. Okay, so he did good. There was another play on defense that won't come up because the call got the play got called back on a penalty. Sorry. Um, oh, the Jones, it was, the Jones oh. touchdown run. If you watch it back, Jalen Mills is running parallel yeah. with Daniel Jones into the end zone. It's like he's in a foot race with Daniel Jones who can get to the end zone first. Instead of trying to come at Daniel Jones, he literally, if you Cut rewatch that play, he didn't even try to take an angle. No. They were literally running parallel to each other into the end zone. It wasn't like anybody, there was a guy there maybe in the way, but it wasn't like a blocker like, you're actually blocking him. He was just running parallel. And that irked me because Jalen Mills, Avanti Maddox, you know, Coleman, they all had bad games as well today. You know, even Slay made a few mistakes, but Slay was your best option out, out of that secondary and all. That, but still. Besides you know, Slay, that secondary was getting torched. I would say they weren't getting – I think it was Vontae Maddox on the on the Golden Tate on the Golden Tate uh, touchdown. He just did not get in good position. Uh, I think Nicole Kobe uh, – Roby Coleman, I would say he had a miss um, misdesign or uh, mishandled uh, a couple plays. So, overall, that secondary is just not playing well. Like I said, Daniel Jones yeah. – where, Where's Kayvon Wallace? If everybody's playing so bad, as PND Tone 3 says, why isn't Kayvon Wallace out there? Could he be any worse? Your, your secretary just got torched by Daniel, I said it right, Daniel Jones, and you got somebody, a rookie, like Kayvon Wallace, who has potential, throw him out there. Where was, I mean, Cravion LeBanx had some bad games. I didn't see him on the field till late in the fourth quarter there. So, you know, you know it's, 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 it's bad adjustments from Jim Schwartz on the defense. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, a, a, a guy like uh, T.Y. McGill played better than the other three defensive tackles 
I mean, I didn't really plays. see him until the last play when the game was already over. So, well, no, he made a play before that too. But mm-hmm. no, it's just I. But at that point, the game's know, over. So I say you. I say you. You can't point, judge so. his play made, when they're down ten early, points. But I say he had no, two. He had two tackles. That's all he had. TJ. Any other defense that stood out that were disappointing to you? Before we get to the offense, because we 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 got this guy making jokes already. You know. Who's that? No, uh, uh, he's a oh, follower sure. on Twitter. Avante Maddox is another is another disappointment. We we went over that, but you know, it's really nobody nobody showed me. There's no positivity in in that defensive. Yeah, I don't think I wrote know, there. Yeah. The only the only positive thing I wrote down about the defense was the first line in my notes: Barnett sack first play three exclamation marks. That was there's it. not yeah. in two pages. There's not one other positive defensive thing written down there. Hey, the one positive, it could have been a lot worse. They held the Giants to 5 for 14 on third down, where the Giants held us to 0 for 9. So po- a little bit of positivity that we uh, got off the field on on nine third downs there. So it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a positive note out there. All right, so let's go to the offense. Who disappointed you the most on offense then? Because that's all we really – we can't even, like, talk about the positives. There are a few positives. It's all about the disappointments because I'm just disappointed. The thing I saw a couple of times – I don't know if you guys you guys happen to see it, but when they were in the huddle and Jeffrey was in there, how many times did he go to the wrong side of the field? There's at least two or three times I did times notice that two or three times at least. That they're, not just on him, a couple Reger, – Reger did it once or twice. They're, again, what's that? Coaching. When did that happen? Coaching. It's coaching. They're supposed yeah. to know where they're you supposed to go. coordinator. You're not prepared. You're not prepared. You know, the, the, the lack of an offensive coordinator is an issue. Question here from Jerome 12. What letter grade would you give Wentz today? You guys want to go I'd first on that? I'd, I'd give a C. Eh, I'd give him about a B. Uh, a solid yeah, B. I'd give him about a B, B minus. Yeah. I think he played pretty well considering the, the crappy offensive line, the crappy play calling. You know, he, the he, special teams being we, deep in his zone multiple times. We didn't see hero ball wins, I would say, which is no, something is, which is something we were missing. We were missing that leadership. But overall performance, I would say the one thing that Johnny had his bold prediction, he was partially right. He said Wentz wouldn't have any turnovers, which was the case today. But like like you said, Phil, behind that offensive line, I would say he was sacked twice, which ain't the alarming number. He was hit 12 times on... 37 dropbacks. So if he's hit almost one third of his dropbacks, I, 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 I honestly probably expected a little bit worse, a worse uh, game. I'll say, what, what's he supposed to do? If, if pressure's in his face, of course he's going to dump it off. I know people were giving, uh, giving the Eagles crap on that third and eighteen where they dumped it off uh, to the running back for there. one yard. Yeah, there's no, no one's open. You're getting no time. What are you expecting? You expect him to take the sack and risk the turnover? No. Of course he's going to dump it off. Uh, unfortunately, it stalled the drive. But there's only so much this guy can do. And uh, the Giants did a well, well defensive game plan, uh, taking our receiver out of the game because there are plenty of times where not only did they not get taken out of the game but the wide receivers as a whole came down to earth Fulgham had drops today yeah route running from him Rager you know Ward poor you know Jeffries did he even register a catch today Ashton Jeffries I think he had one maybe maybe none target I think yeah nope, you know no catches yeah, one target the, the the most consistent guy catching passes today was Richard Rogers yeah who is slowly developing into a tight end too which then gives us the ability to move on from that's a, that's another whole subject down the line. They're moving on from actually, yeah. He literally catches everything thrown his way, so that, that that's a positive right there. Yeah. But you know the whole wide receiver group that we were all so high on 
came down to earth. Well, one, hey, maybe it was because you... Artega Whiteside wasn't out there. It's the first game he hasn't dressed. Maybe Thank him God. not being out there, you know, it made everybody else, you know, come down, come down a notch there. <laughs> no, the other thing that I did that I get is a good thing for Wentz too is he did check the ball down. Now, of course, there was a couple drops on when him, when him trying to check it down, but that's something that we've asked him, you know, try to do. We try to we keep saying, why isn't he checking it down? Why isn't he and not playing that hero ball, which hopefully is, and he did have a couple throwaways. So, you know, building up, but the thing was, everything else around him was breaking down. So that's, that's the other no, he, uh, this, this question here. Watkins actually was a healthy scratch today. Yeah. I, Tower though, I didn't see Hightower on the field once other than special teams. Did you guys? Uh, I don't think I saw him. It's fine because he hasn't been playing great to begin with. He wasn't targeted but, you know, once. He wasn't targeted at all. So yeah. uh, what about and, you know but the thing though, is you can't when Hightower was out there, they were doing deep ball passes. Other than that play at the end of the first half, did they really make an attempt to go deep with the ball? You know, the to Jalen Rager or anybody else? That's the tough part. The yeah. the win was a factor, I think, to try to Possible. force it to go deep. But yeah. I would but say the Giants, they, 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 there were several 30, 40 yard pass attempts by the Giants. Yeah. But I say the, 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 the one pause I want to bring up, I say we're bringing up the wide receiving court. I would say it's good to see Jalen Rager get involved in the offense. His, his second yeah. game, I would say he was targeted seven times, four catches for 47 yards. It wasn't the Justin Jefferson games or uh, the CD Lamb games we've been seeing lately, but it's good to just get him involved, to get build that chemistry with, uh, with Wentz and get out there and gain some playing time. So I would say if we want to bring up one of the positives, uh, it, it's Jalen Rager. He was your leading, leading wide receiver. I would say Richard Rodgers led the team as a whole uh, as far as re uh, receiving yards, but it, it was good to see Rager out there and getting that playing time and building that chemistry and, with and, Wentz. And I will say, I've got another positive. There's been one thing I've been screaming for since week one that the offense needed to do. Up-tempo. And that was run up-tempo. Yep. And they ran it many times today. And outside of, so the one time they were running up-tempo, you know, Wentz got his foot stepped on and that, that, that killed that drive. You know, there, there were a couple moments where drives stalled because of mistakes on the offensive line or drop passes, but at least Doug let Carson run that up-tempo up offense because that's when he's the most comfortable, and that's when he's the most successful, Carson Wentz. So, and the screen game, you know, we've talked about, I think all of us, that you can't run a screen game when you have no offensive line. No. And yeah. that's the key to a screen game is a strong offensive line that gets out and blocks. But, you know. Well, a little bit of those wide receiver, those bubble screens that they ran, I would say were pretty effective, especially on that fourth down play. So, yeah. I would say that they, was, they, they, they need, they need a little bit more of that. At the halftime show. That was a play we haven't seen that, you know. That, I like that. It part. wasn't a bubble screen. It was like a, a mix between a bubble screen and a slant. Yeah. It was kind of like a combo route there. Yeah. And it was something we hadn't seen before. So, that was a positive. And did – We'll go to that question right there. Yeah, sorry. We're, 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 we're me and Phil are both trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah we well, got to do better on first and second down. We'll hand the ball off to mm -hmm. Miles Sanders, one of the best running backs in the league. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty basic, isn't it? What, 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 he, what he could do, his, his speed and what he, what he can do, if he's healthy, you know, that <laughs> offense can go. And I like what they did with Boston Scott. Gives him uh, – I felt they needed to get him a little bit involved a little bit more, too. I understand they didn't want to rush well, Mile, Miles into it. The fact that Miles only got 15 carries, so I would say they didn't want to rush him coming off that injury. But Boston Scott only had three carries. I would say he showed that he can take a little bit of a workload in that Dallas game, and he broke off of that big 56-yard run. So I would say if they weren't, if they didn't feel comfortable giving Sanders the ball as much, instead of, instead of those couple of those passing pay plays, I felt they should give Boston a few more carries in, in the offense. Yeah, I mean, you can also – It's not, I haven't seen it done once this year, 
but you know you can have two running backs yeah. out on the field at the same yeah, time. Yeah, split backs. You know, it creates yeah. some misdirection and confusion on the uh, defense, but they don't run that once. Back when we had Darren Sproles, you had, you know, LaShawn McCoy and Darren Sproles. You had multiple running backs back there at the same time, and it created mismatches. It created issues, but yet they haven't done that once. Uh, we addressed this earlier, I think, you know, when you have Tweedledee and Tweedledum as your left and right guard, you know, Kelsey's going to rush snaps, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. it differently. Well, yeah, that, he was that, rushing to try to pick up either either or the guy uh, alongside of him. So, yeah, I could. Well, that he's just guess, he's just a declining older offensive line. You have to remember, this dude's 33 years old. He's been contemplating retirement the last couple of seasons. So, I would say it, it does help when you have all pro uh, guards on either side. You normally with Brandon Brooks, uh, and uh, when they were possibly had Peters on that side. But like you said, I would say you're only good as the guy next to you. And I fi- I feel Kelsey's a little bit overwhelmed trying to take on too much because, like you said, Phil, he's rushing his snaps and he's trying to pick up the slack from the other two because they haven't shown that they can handle their assignments. I would say there's too many times you saw a lot of miscommunication along that offensive line where they were missing assignments. They were missing free blitzers. They weren't picking up the uh, pass rushers. So, and, e- and even the run game, you, you, I would say a lot of those runs were outside runs that they were getting. Besides, I think the Boston Scott run that broke up the middle, but they weren't opening a lot of holes in that interior offensive line. So, I would say Kelsey, Kelsey had his work held out for him, uh, but working with those two against this Giants front four. And just looking, because I know you said something about uh, the Giants and who they who they have coming up. I think they have a bye this week, and then it's Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. So you know, it's just tough as hell. This 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 division exactly. might be won by four games. So all we gotta do is win one more game, and we might win this division. That's sad, is it? And it's true because uh, Washington still has Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle. Carolina, who's not the best left on their schedule, and Dallas still has Minnesota and Baltimore. So there's, you're right. You, you may win this division with four or five wins, which is pretty sad. But, but can you actually find? So you say four to five. I can't look at this schedule and find for sure two wins. If you're going to play this bad against the New York no, Football if, Giants, if you're going to play this bad, you're not going to win a game. You're not going to win another game. You might as well be, you know, looking for a top five pick. I know Jeff has said that a few times you know, on shows past that you might as well just, you know, hope for the good, you know, draft pick. And I don't have any confidence in how we making a good draft pick, but you know what? You have a little At bit better, point, ch- you have a little what, bit better what, chance. What having hope doing what? I was going to say, you have a little bit better chance hitting on a higher pick than you would do in the late 20s or trading out of that first-round selection. So, I was saying, I, like, like I said in the past, I don't hope they miss the playoffs, but I keep on saying, this this ain't a Super Bowl contending team. Hell, this ain't even a playoff contending team. If this was any other division, we're not talking playoffs, but the fact that everyone in this division is horrible, and I honestly, we have the best quarterback amongst the rest of the NFC East, which is sad at the moment, I will say, but and the Giants are right back in the thick of things. They're a game and a half out. They they uh, they uh, split the season with us. Uh, Washington. They I understand they have a tough schedule, but they still have two divisional matchups. They have the Cowboys, eleven twenty six, and then they have us in the final week of the year. So they're not out of it. Uh, the Cowboys aren't out of it yet. I'll say they're they're playing good ball last week against the Steelers. Uh, they're on a bye this week, but this division is up for grabs. I know we kept on talking and joking, like, look, this division. I'll say the Eagles should win this division with ease, even if they only win their last three or their three NFC East uh, games. 
That's not the case anymore. This schedule is brutal, and you, we just prove that there's no guarantee win or an easy win on this schedule. The fact that we lost to the New York Giants today. Yeah. I mean... Well, that's that's this year. That's 2020. Because look, look at... Uh, this, the, the Packers and the Jaguars were close to the end. Yeah. So, so Again, like I said, the NFC is wide open. The, the Jags put a scare into the Packers today. Well, there you goes know. our there goes our minus thirteen spread for me and you, Phil. Yeah, no, it was twenty four twenty. That game. Yeah, yeah, it was a close well, game. Washington my... lost to the Lions thirty to twenty seven. The Lions are terrible. The Cleveland Browns also terrible at six and three now. Beat the Texans ten to seven. Ten to seven. You know, so there are so many bad teams or teams playing badly. The only game that played out as expected was the Buccaneers. Winning by 23 over the Panthers today, 46 to 23. Outside of that, everything else is as expected, you know? Yeah. You know, wide open. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't – like, looking at the rest of this year, I know I've been optimistic picking the Eagles to win. I really can't pick them to win any of these any of these remaining games at, at all. With the last three weeks of what we saw, them on the field, they showed you they're really not – they're not good. And the teams they have coming in, coming in, I understand they've struggled. They're not the NFC is not as tough as uh, tough as conference as um, the records may show with some of these teams, but they're a whole hell of a lot better than, than the, this Eagles team. Well, that team's well, not showing you anything. Well, then just look at their three victories. I'll say the yeah. one victory against the 49ers against Mullins, a backup quarterback, and they were completely depleted with injuries, and they escaped with that with a miraculous cap, catch by Travis Fulgham. They beat the New York Giants on a, on a miracle fourth-quarter comeback, uh, the, the win that game uh, in, in uh, game-winning fashion. And then they beat the Cow Dallas Cowboys, who were on their fourth third fourth-string quarterback, who's not even on the roster anymore. This ain't a good football team. If anyone thinks that this Eagles team is a good football team and they're going to make a, some type of deep playoff run, please go institutionalize yourself because you're absolutely freaking nuts. This team is absolutely garbage offensively, defensively. Hell, even the special teams, we can't rely on Jake Elliott. And the, and the coaching staff is absolutely garbage. I thought garbage. I was the only one being spazzy today. No. Jeff too. I like it. So I would say this if they make the playoffs, we're, I don't care who we're playing, we're getting probably blown out. I don't care who it is. This team yeah. is in shambles. I mean, here we go. Should we be throwing he should not be throwing the ball thirty seven times against a defense that gave up hundred and fifty yards on the few carries we had. You know, it's 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 mind boggling. Fire somebody. Yeah. yeah. If you could pick one person, one person to fire right now, who would it be? Me personally, uh, I, are we talking to anyone in the organization? Right now to fire, right now, just for the rest of the year. Not at the end of the year, right this second, going forward. Who is Maybe your light a spark. Firing? I would have to fire Howie, but if you're talking about just, uh, say, start the season. No, no, just right this second, that'll help the team moving forward oh, that's, this season. That's not going to help them moving this season. The only, the only scapegoat is, unfortunately, Jim Schwartz. The defense was in shambles today. They're not gonna, They're never going to fire Doug, at least not for the next couple years. After winning that Super Bowl, I feel when, that's wrong, I, At this point, I'm ready to say it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to say Jim Schwartz should be fired today. Oh, he should. make a statement for the rest of the season. Yeah. But if this season continues on this pass or path, there I, isn't a pass for – Doug Peterson anymore. I Doug Peterson, if we win four games this year and miss the playoffs, Doug is gone. Jim is gone. Press Taylor, that's all I got. It's not on Jim. Every single one of them, 
from top to bottom is gone if we only win four games or even five and miss the playoffs, and, it, and, it, and rightfully so. I completely agree, but I'll say I just don't feel unless unless there's a complete dumpster fire for the rest of this year, like they lose their last six, seven games or something like that. I don't see them. Ha- I don't see them moving on from Doug. They may have the conversation, but. With with Wentz being tied uh, for at least till next year, I feel Wentz has gone before that. That and I'll say you bring a new head coach, they're gonna want their own quarterback. So if they feel they, they can't work with Wentz, they're not gonna they're not gonna bring a new coach in unless it's gonna be a one year thing. And they're gonna tell the coach, hey, we're gonna move on from Wentz after this year, and then you can decide who you want your head coach or uh, your quarterback to be in the future. But I don't know. I, I, I think I, I agree with you. It would make a statement, but I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I mean, I, I want more of these shirts, whether it's this year or in years future. But you know what? You're not going to get them if you just keep running out the same thing over and over again. My, or you my, keep getting set back. Yeah, and s- s- something's going to happen. I I don't know. At the end of this year, there's going to be a lot of talk with the Doug and Howie. I don't know if there's a, a friction. I know there's been reports of certain things, but when you keep playing bad and you keep losing games. You know, these scabs seem to scratch open and blood comes pouring out. So, uh, I think this is actually a really key one. The fact that we don't have an offensive coordinator. I mean, we've talked about it a few times in the last couple of weeks, but I don't think it gets enough talk overall because, you know, Doug, Doug's got nine different voices coaching up Carson and coaching up the offense and giving him ideas. They need, I'm, I'm not on the, same level as other people saying it was all Frank Reich winning the Super Bowl. It wasn't all Frank Reich. There's there's a lot that played into it and all. But having one offensive coordinator that is control of the offense and the game plan makes a difference. And the fact that they don't have one, you know, that would take things up. Whether you don't want to fire anybody, then Howie goes to, you know, Doug Peterson says, you're not calling plays, promote Deuce Staley or whoever in charge of the offense and make them the offense coordinator and play caller going forward it makes a statement and moving forward you know as this 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 one said here you know what change needs to happen a statement a major statement needs to be made to the coaching staff and to the players that we're not going to accept this kind of performance and and that's why i don't feel they're going to let go with doug i'll say just to the fact that you had that little bit of a scapegoat saying he didn't have an oc but they're going to tell him hey look I'll say if you want to stay the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, you're going. We're going to design this team the way that we want to. You're still the head coach, but we're going. We want to bring an offensive coordinator in here that we feel that will run an offense that we want to run. I'll say see, now. There's the problem. There, he had the offensive coordinator he wanted last he year. He said he was coming back. And then somebody went behind his back and fired his offensive coordinator. Which is why, I, which is why I think Doug's not gonna have much of a say as who they bring in. I well, think it's gonna be Howie. Have it being the coach here, if he has no yeah. say, the head coach is supposed to have the second most say in the organization. I agree, but obviously, like your, you said, from the GM and your coach have to be on the same page. And they're not, and, and they're my... not on the same page. So why not just clean house? If you're gonna keep Howie. And if you're saying Doug has a leash for another year, Howie still has another leash for another oh, year. Howie's here too. Yeah. Howie's here for a while. Yeah. I was so like, you might as well Lurry. let Howie clean house and bring in a coaching staff of his choice because obviously there's a disconnect between Doug and Howie, and that's holding everybody back. Yeah, because everybody L- on this team back. Lurry, Lurry has too much of of. of uh, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Loyalty to to yeah, Howie. Cool. So he's he's honestly look at Andy all those years. We, we wouldn't move on yeah. from Andy until there was that it absolutely had to happen. And it's gonna be the same way for Howie. And that's why I feel like they're gonna they're gonna find one thing that pinpoint. They're gonna say, hey, the defense was bad this year. Schwartz needs to go. They'll bring a new. Uh, they're gonna revamp the entire coaching staff besides the head coach. I feel that's what's gonna be the statement at the end of this year, regardless if they make the playoffs or not, because they realize. Yeah, and I, I agree that that's probably what they're going to do, but if there's this disconnect, it's not what they should do. No, it should be a complete house cleaning. But you can't get rid of the head. Yeah. You can't get rid of the head coach that won you a Super Bowl just three seasons ago. Yes, you can. You can, but I'll say that would just. I, I just, I I just feel that's a black guy. I love Doug Peterson. Because also, I'll say this is a team, if they make the playoffs, have made the playoffs four straight years. They're, I'll say freaking the uh, Bengals head coach the longest time. What the hell is his name? Um, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, Marvin Lewis. Lewis. He was a coach for 300 years there. Yeah, freaking 15, 16 years without a playoff victory. So I would say this I understand this say Philadelphia, but I feel he has a little bit of a leash and I feel Carson might be the one that's gonna be out before Doug Peterson, unfortunately, which uh Doug or uh, Carson Wentz did uh did go to the podium to speak to the media. We'll give you a little bit of his press conference. Time we'll get started here with Martin Frank and then Chris Murray. Hey Carson. Um sorry. You guys, you guys went over for nine on third downs. I mean, what did, what did you see as kind of like the main issue there, especially early in the game when a lot of those were like third and short? Yeah, um, I got to watch the tape. Honestly, you know, I didn't realize we were. I knew we struggled on third down. I didn't realize we were that poor. Um, anytime you're 0 for 9, obviously you're not doing something very well. Um, and hats off to them. You know, they had a good game plan. Um, that's a good defense over there. They made it hard on us, but uh, we definitely made it tougher on ourselves, left some plays out there, uh, didn't execute enough. And um, yeah, 0 for 9 on third down is extremely frustrating. And I think that's something we pride ourselves on is staying on the field on third down, and we didn't do it today. Chris and Mike Sealski. Yeah, Carson, can you put your finger on why the offense was kind of inconsistent today? They, you had some brilliant moments, but then it was just just inconsistent. Can you put can you put your finger? Was it them? Was it what you guys were doing? Yeah, it, it's hard to put your finger on one thing as to why we were kind of inconsistent offensively. I, I think you know we we did some decent things um, at, at times throughout the game, and and we struggled. I mean, for one, we didn't stay on the field. Um, we just talked about 0 for 9 on third down makes it tough. Um, but but like I said earlier, you got to credit that defense. They definitely disguised a lot of looks and, and brought all sorts of different pressures and made it tough on us. And um, they played a great game, and and we you know we didn't we didn't do enough to win. Mike and Jeff Skaversky. Or Jeff, if you're ready, go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Allie. Um, Carson, there seemed to be a couple moments out there where you were frustrated either with a play call um, or, or maybe a decision to, to insert Jalen into the game. Um, did moments like that come up? No, I don't, I don't. I think Coach called a really good game, um, and I felt good about it. I, I was just frustrated um, that we weren't executing. You know, I think – um, that defense made it made it tough on us today, and and you know we we got frustrated. Um, I got frustrated just you know a couple three and outs and not converting some some situations that we knew we could have. Um, so yeah, I get I get a little frustrated out there, but um, it had no, nothing to do with any of those things. Jeff Skaversky and then Paul Domowicz. Hey Carson, you guys were able to run the ball having Miles Sanders back, you know, but you, you get some weapons back in Miles and Alshon. How surprised are you that you guys? 
did struggle offensively as a whole, you know, between the third downs and between converting and scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Um, obviously, we are surprised. We don't, we don't go into a game thinking, you know, we're going to, you know, struggle like that and go for nine on third downs and only put up a couple points. But, um, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to that defense. Um, you know, I thought we had a good game plan ready to go, but um, I've been saying it all week. That's a good defense, and we had to come out and really execute at a high level. And I think we did that at times, but we didn't do it well enough. Uh, we didn't sustain enough drives, and, and we left some plays out there. But, but they made a lot more plays than us, and we didn't deserve to win. Okay, we get the freaking gist of that crap. I would say, if, yeah, I don't want to hear any more of it. I'll say, if, any, if anyone deserves to get fired, it's got to credit that team. You don't got to credit that team. You got to do better to beat that team. Yeah, and I'll say, if, if we're talking about people getting fired, so they get some new media members in there because I'm tired of these softball questions and, and guys that are uh, just asking the same crap over and over again. Like, how many times are you going to ask about third down, execution, this and that? And I'll say, I know you guys can see. Because you know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be an easy answer. Oh, well, we have to do a better job and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be an easy answer. It's not a tough question. They're all, they're not giving them well, the hard questions. Well, I'll say, I understand that they need, they need I'll say the, the, the point of this game was the offensive lacked execution, and I'll say the 0 for, 0 for 9 on third down. So obviously that's the big story coming out of this football game uh, on why they lost. And I get that, but be, atta like, attack it a little bit more. Just don't say what was the reason behind it, because it's too broad. And then, of course, we get the broad answer. There's, there's, and that's the thing that's annoying me. I try to bring up with D-Gun. I say, you get no real answers from Doug. You get real no answers from Carson. And like he said, this team has no identity. You don't know what this 2020 Eagles team is. And I think we lost Phil. I don't know what the hell happened to him, but... Phil, Phil's power went out. Oh, so, uh, snap! We can... Yeah, it's... Uh, we, we can... Uh, Wrap this post-game show up. Uh, yeah, if we want to, but I would say the moral of the story is this team sucks. We don't know what the rest of this season's going to be, and I, I don't know what to tell you. If we make the playoffs, we're not going far, Philadelphia. I don't know what the hell to tell you. I'm not trying to be a negative Eagles fan. And I say I know everyone Eagles fans hate the term realist, but you have to realize what this football team is. You need to realize they are not that good. Oh, here, here comes the Beard of Knowledge back. Yeah, I'm back in here. A little power outage here in Southern Chester County. Damn, I would say, yeah, you're all dark. <laughs> yeah, there's no lights on in here, so I don't know. Huh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There's, there's the, power. Oh, the power just came back yeah, on. Yeah, how about that? But uh, I'll say, Johnny, what Jeff was saying. I'll say, I was just, I was just saying, people need to realize this team ain't that good. I'll say we have we have seven weeks of football left. They make the playoffs great. If not, just look forward to April. I'll say and hopefully Howie in the front office makes the right decision when it comes to the draft. Hopefully they make the right moves in this offseason to revamp this coaching staff and revamp this football team because they have a lot of crappy players on this team, a lot of crappy coaches, and they have no cap space. So they need to work. How the uh, Jeffrey Lurie and his team they need to work some freaking magic this offseason. And it's sad to say we're weak. 10 and we're looking forward to the offseason you already know this team um, I'm sorry this team ain't going far unfortunately no and they just they have to you know they, they have to play a complete football game which we haven't seen all season long and I don't know when the last time we saw them play a full, a full football game and the thing is what you're saying is absolutely right Jack people have to realize maybe this team is just isn't isn't very good and what's going to make the change and what's going to happen to make them better they have to get better players 
They're going to have to get a better coaching scheme. They have to have an identity, which is what Phil has said. The team lacks an identity. So there, there's a lot of things that need to happen. Well, yeah, because I'm tired. The last, what, seven games of this season. Because I'm tired of, Going like, into the offseason. I'm tired, I would say, of just making the playoffs. Your goal as a football team isn't just to make the playoffs. Your goal is the, ultimately Duke. the freaking Super Bowl, and this team is not rostered enough to make that Super Bowl run. And for them to make, and the one thing I know a lot of Philadelphia fans are worried about, if they make the playoffs for the fourth straight year, what changes are we going to see or they're not going to make any? changes and I understand why some fans don't want them to make the playoffs because of that reason uh, because hopefully Jeffrey uh, Lurie understands and gets in Howie Roseman's face like hey we, yeah we make the playoffs but that's still not good enough we won another Super Bowl and and I, and I know at the time hindsight's 2020 and I know there's a lot of fans like saying oh hey whatever uh, if we win a Super Bowl I don't care if we're not if we don't win another one for like the next five ten years okay but what the hell are you doing dude well, sorry about that. My what computer just came back up. Oh, okay. Okay, two fills. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't realize what happened there. But like, what's going on? My computer just turned it right back on. My bad. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, we're all pissed off anyway, right? So yeah, exactly. doesn't even matter at this point. But I would say once again, if if you're just following this now, the Eagles lose to the New York Giants. Uh, I don't even remember what the freaking the final score was. 27-17. Yeah, exactly. I'll say that's how bad this was. I don't even remember the freaking score. So I would say oh, they fall, they fall to three five and one. They're a game and a half above the Giants. I don't know what the hell they're above the rest of the freaking NFCs. Who the hell cares even more? The, uh, Washington lost or two and seven. The Dallas on a bye they're two and seven. Yeah, exactly. So who the hell cares? If we win this freaking division, whoop the freaking do because we're not doing a goddamn thing unfortunately yeah i don't know about you guys but i'm ready to wrap this show up because i'm just beyond yeah. frustrated but i'll say yeah, so I'll say, uh, don't forget tomorrow. I don't know if anyone has saw, but we have a new show on, on the All About the Birds Network. Uh, what's uh, John? If you want to talk a little bit more about that, since you helped Chip's set that up. Yep. So uh, Chip is going to have uh, one of our uh, All About the Birds writers, uh, Chips and Dish. It's called. It's going to go. Uh, talk about the Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, you know, Philadelphia really sports. Philly sports. He's going he's gonna to talk about all Philly sports. Um, so that's a, a great new show on Monday night, 630. So make sure you tune into that. And, and, and if anybody out there is interested in doing a show or being a part of the team, send any one of us a message and we'll tell you what you got to do to be a part of the team. Chip's been doing a great job. All of our writers have been doing a great job, you know, putting out content on our website. But, you know, if you're if you're interested in being part of this team, this growing team, just send us a message and, and we'll talk with you about it. Just to answer Nick's question, they do not have talent on this football team. I'm sorry that you're wearing a little bit of the rose-colored glasses a little bit. They have a few pieces, but this team is not assembled to win a Super Bowl, and it doesn't matter if they have them in the right position. Because no matter how many times we have linebackers or different linebackers or offensive linemen out there, it doesn't freaking matter. These players are just absolute garbage, and they shouldn't even be on a football team for most of these guys. So I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah, sorry, Nick, you're wrong. Well, <laughs> <laughs> on, my buddies. But, uh... But we'll be back on Wednesday, 9-15, to break down the Cleveland Browns versus the Eagles game, uh, that preview show. So uh, we'll be back live on all the uh, um, all the Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube to break it down. We go through another thank, depressing uh, preview. <laughs> yeah. At Last Out Media, at Heat Ratio Sports, and at Athletes Hub. And thank all the listeners, all the people commenting, all the people giving us support. Uh, we appreciate it. 
Uh, you can follow all of us, uh, Phil at Beard of Knowledge. Uh, Phil finally got his uh, Beard of Knowledge shirt dropped on the website, so make sure you go check that out. Um, and you can follow Jeff at Jeff Warner NFL. Follow myself at John U nine three two two. Sucky Sunday, Eagles losing twenty seven seventeen, but we'll be back on Wednesday. And don't forget to check out Chip's show tomorrow night six thirty. But with that, we usually end it. Go birds! Yeah, go birds! Go birds! <laughs> do what you gotta do. Do it. Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? Get out there.